0: Our first lesson is from Genesis chapter 15. As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abram, and behold, dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. Then the Lord said to Abram, Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs, and will be servants there, and they will be afflicted for 400 years. But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve, and afterward they shall come out with great possessions. As for yourself, you shall go to your fathers in peace, and you shall be buried in a good old age. And they shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. O oh Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. The second lesson is from Luke chapter 2. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, Mary and Joseph brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people Israel. O Lord, have mercy on us. In many and various ways, God spoke to his people of old by the prophets. But now, in he has spoken to us by his Son. This evening, on our fourth and final Advent midweek service, we look at our fourth and final canticle from the liturgy of St. Luke's Gospel, The Song of Simeon, or the nunc dimittis, which is Latin for Lord, now let depart. This is the second most known of the four that we've looked at. I think it's fair to say that more people know about the Gloria and Excelsis at the beginning of the divine service than the nunc dimittis, but I would say more people know the nunc dimittis than know the Magnificat or the Benedictus. I should have included a quiz at the end of this series to see how many could remember all the names and what they mean. But I would say even though it's the second most known, not the first most known, it is the most versatile of all of these canticles we've been looking at, because you will find the Noctimittis in several liturgies, several different services throughout the church's history, even up until today. The most known and common for us, of course, is the divine service with Holy Communion. On Communion Saturdays and Sundays, we gather, we come up to the rail, each table receiving the Lord's body and blood, and when the final one is dismissed, We stand and together sing this song of Simeon, this Nunc Dimittis. You can find it also in the close of the day liturgy that the monks used to do, but the Reformation kept and sort of carried over for laymen to do at home or together at church called Compline. Right before you go to sleep, you would gather, you would pray, you would have a brief scripture lesson, and you would sing Simeon's song, Lord, now let your servant depart in peace. And sometimes it would be sung at Vespers, or in our case, that we're doing during Advent Evening Prayer, which is a relatively new service, taking elements of older services and making them modern and accessible. And of course, we'll be doing it tomorrow morning. We sing or speak the nunc dimittis at funerals, when a Christian is buried. Like I said, it is a versatile canticle, and it is appropriate for these occasions and probably many more. Simeon himself, the man that spoke the words, he could have the honorary title, if we wanted to give it to him, the last of the Old Testament prophets. Of all of God's people in the Old Testament who heard the word, believed it, and preached it to others, you could say he was the last one, the caboose, bringing up the rear. He had received a specific word and promise about the Lord's coming Christ, and he believed it. He himself, in a way, in that way, is a stand-in for all of the faithful people from that first part of the Bible who believed the Lord's word. For generation after generation, God said to his people, all is broken, all is dead in sin and lost, but I one day will fix it. I, myself, the Lord, one day will restore it all. And those who were faithful, like Simeon, believed the promise. Simeon, though, is given this special gift that isn't something that the rest of them got to see. He is given a sneak peek in our modern parlance of what is coming. He is promised to have a glimpse of the Lord's Christ. As Moses was said, you will get to look into the promised land. Simeon got to see the promised Messiah. And... Like Mary with her Magnificat, like Zechariah with his Benedictus, like the angels with their Gloria, Simeon receives the word of the Lord, the action of the Lord, and responds with words of worship, praise, and glorifying his God. In the first place, he praises God for keeping the personal promise that God made to him, Simeon the man. Lord, he prayed, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. Your servant, me, Simeon, who you gave this promise to. By grace, God chose Abraham to make him from the exalted father, Abram, into the exalted father of many, Abraham, the father of his people, Israel, the bearer of the seed of promise. And by God's grace, for his own will and purpose, he chose this man, Simeon, to have this special gift. And that day had come for him. And so Simeon could say, you, God, have kept your promise to me, and I can die a happy man. He's not like the nine lepers that receive the gift and go off and just sort of take it for granted and forget who gave it to them. He isn't like Hezekiah, who, when given word that he was about to die, was fretting and praying and was just able to get 15 more years from the Lord. No, God made good on his promise to Simeon, and Simeon's like, I'm good. Let me depart in peace. This life is full for me. And so he does, probably soon after that. But in his canticle, though, he continues. He's praised God and thanked him for keeping his promise to him particularly, but then now he turns to praise God for keeping the greater promise, the promise to Israel, the promise to the whole world up until that point. Through this baby that Simeon was holding in his hands, God would work salvation. He would work his rescue plan, his I'm going to fix it plan for the whole world, just like he said he would. When mankind fell in the garden and ate ourselves into sin and death, and not in the way that a cardiologist would tell us, but through disobeying God and bringing an original sin into the world, when we did this, God didn't leave us hopeless left up in the muck and mire of our own making. But rather, he let us have our just desserts, sure, with sin and death and its effects, but rather, he did promise to fix it. He knew that Adam and Eve and none of us, their descendants, could do anything about it, so he said, I will send you the seed of the woman to crush the serpent's head. And the seed that was promised to her was then given to the specific family Family of a man Abraham, as we've learned about in the ladies study the last several months. And that seed, though, wouldn't just be for Abraham and his family, it would be for the whole world. The promise given to Eve and the promise of, "I will bless the world through your descendants, Abraham," are not two separate promises, but it is the one and the same promise given more specifically to be carried, as in a basket or an ark by Abraham and his family. And so when the Pharisees, the scribes, and the Sadducees later on in Jesus' ministry didn't get this and for some strange reason forgot about the promise to the woman and the restoration of the whole world and thought, well, this fix will only be for us and our nation and our people, Simeon, 30 years earlier, he understood it. He was a pious man, a Jew, probably a Pharisee himself who believed the Lord's word about the resurrection who also believed that the Lord's Christ, who was coming into the world, would include the Gentiles and be our Savior as well. The glory of Israel, to use the words of his song, was the light to lighten the Gentiles. I don't think it's really hard for us to understand why this is included in our liturgies. It's certainly not for me. This is one of my favorite canticles. We sing it at home before bed all the time. It's an appropriate response for any Christian to have by the blood and merits of the babe that Simeon was greeting there in Jerusalem. We live constantly, incessantly, in a state of reconciliation and grace with the God who made us. And so how could we not add our amen to Simeon's song? How could we not borrow from him and his words of praise and use them, make them our own, add our own music and the like? We join ourselves with it Whenever we come to the Holy Supper, receiving the body and blood for our forgiveness, life, and salvation, what better words for us to have on our lips collectively as a congregation as we go back to our seats from this altar, having been given this gift, received this gift, than, Lord, let your servant depart in peace. I could die very happy right now because I know I have your grace and favor through Jesus Christ. We can join in this hymn together or privately at the close of a day, lying down to our sleep, knowing that when the sleep of death comes, it is indeed but a sleep that we will be awakened from because the babe that Simeon held has won for us salvation. And, like we will tomorrow, we can join together in singing it as a hymn of praise as we lay a Christian down in the grave because we know that they have known God through Christ and have salvation and have themselves departed in peace. Simeon, that man in Jerusalem, whoever else he was or wasn't, he knew the grace of God. He got God's promise. He understood it. He took it to heart and he lived his life revolving around that promise. And so when God made good on his promise to him, and he saw that the Flower, the beautiful flower of salvation that was a bud in the Old Testament and the seed at the beginning of it was starting to blossom. He was exuberant, joyful, and glad to leave this life, having the confidence to die in peace. He gave his song with a heart of faith that said that. So let us now join together in singing a versification of the same as we stand to sing.